0: We must not confuse dissent with disloyalty. We must remember always that accusation is not proof and that conviction depends upon evidence and due process of law. We will not walk in fear one of another. We will not be driven by fear into an age of unreason if we dig deep in our history and our doctrine. And remember that we are not descended from fearful men, not from men who feared to write, to speak, to associate, and to defend causes that were for the moment unpopular. Welcome fellow plebs, my name is Sean and this is Tribunus Plebis. Okay, so I want to talk about two things today and how they connect with each other. Those things are the Vote Blue No Matter Who movement and power. While I will be talking about the Blue No Matter Who movement specifically, this can go for any similar motto or idea from any political party. We saw distorted versions of this as an example last election and during Obama's run. For Trump, it was Trump or bust. For Obama, it was anybody but Obama. And we constantly hear about voting Democrat or Republican right down the ballot, regardless of who they are. And when I talk about power, I am talking about political and electoral power. Yes, this is a little late in one sense, but I think it needs to be talked about because of the other sense, the future sense. It obviously won't matter for this primary. The decision has been made and Biden won. So I want to be very clear about something right in the beginning. This is not about Biden versus Trump. I am not arguing who you should vote for. This is about the past two years and elections in the future. It is also about raw exertions of power and our failures to exert that power. Before we get too into it, I want to set aside a few things which are absolutely connected to this issue in various ways, but will only confuse the issue. They will not remain set aside forever. They absolutely will be tackled here. But for now, let's just set aside stuff like whether having only two parties is good or not. I mean, it isn't but let's just set it aside for a second. Let's set aside money and politics and the corruption of lobbyists and also the revolving door from government to lobbies, think tanks, and corporate boards. Forget about conservative and liberal right and left. I won't even bring up the electoral college or even whether electoralism itself is bad or good. This isn't going to be about the fundamentally broken, unjust, and corrupted form of democracy we have in the United States. It is just about this ridiculous Vote Blue No Matter Who campaign and our collective failure to act. It seems like it started as soon as the first Democrat put their hat in a ring to challenge Donald Trump. As soon as the campaign cycle ramped up, the hashtag, it burst forth. Hashtag Vote Blue No Matter Who. What it meant was that no matter who is nominated from the Democratic Party, I promise to vote for that person. No matter what. Because Trump is bad. And listen, I understand Trump is bad. He's terrible. He's a racist, a misogynist, a nationalist, an isolationist, and a xenophobe, amongst other things. He has been accused of sexual assault and rape by at least 17 different women. He is a terrible president and a terrible human being. But we can't be unified only in hatred. If a singular drive to unseat one particular politician is all that we care about, we've already lost. That can't be our only goal, and it certainly cannot be the impetus to abandon our choices. Those who support this blue-no-matter-who idea will tell us that they just want to defeat Trump and get back to normal. But this causes me to wonder something. What good is normal when normal is exactly what gave us Donald Trump in the first place? Yes, of course, defeating a bad president should be a goal. And a good one at that. A big goal. It can even be our primary goal, but it can't be the only goal, and complete and total caving to power to defeat that president can never be the route we want to take. When someone declares during a primary, and I want to focus on that, this was a primary, when they declare that I will vote blue no matter who, and I will do it even if I completely and utterly disagree with everything that this person puts forward, then they have done two things. The first is that they have announced to the powers that be that they simply do not care, that they are not engaged, and that they are willing to be utterly servile and obsequious to power. The second is that they have completely abdicated what little power they have. Our vote is literally the only power we have over this process. Some might say that we have power in our speech, but without a vote to back that up, speech means nothing in this context. That vote And that single, solitary, single vote is the only power that any of us have. That is it. And there are only a few things that we can do with that vote. We can vote for our favorite candidate from one of the major parties. We can vote for a third-party candidate. Or we can vote for a write-in candidate. Our other option is that we can withhold our vote. That's it. Those are our only choices. In this past primary, there were a total of at least 24 Democratic candidates to represent the Democratic Party over the last two years. Almost all of them were trash. By my reckoning, there was only one truly good candidate, Bernie Sanders, and one somewhat acceptable candidate, Elizabeth Warren. Then perhaps two or three others I could maybe stomach, but by and large, the field was just trash. Amongst that vast array of trash were the party-backed favorites. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and a slew of others who the Democratic Party would adopt for a month or two throughout the primary before discarding people with names like Klobuchar and the especially repugnant Pete Buttigieg. So what happens when we chant vote blue no matter who in an environment like this? Well, what happens is that we get a shit candidate. The reason why we get a shit candidate is because every time we type, say, repeat, and invoke this blue no matter who nonsense, we signal the powers that be that we do not care. They can go ahead and get behind and roll out whatever shitty, mayonnaise-brained, centrist, moderate moron with rapey hands that they want, and we are going to vote for them. Being concerned with defeating a particular president cannot be wholly more important than policy and structural change more broadly especially during a primary. When we give up on any semblance of fighting for change and say we will vote blue no matter who, we give the party carte blanche to do whatever they want. We are explicitly telling them that they do not need to take our wants and needs into consideration. We signal that they do not have to include any policies that we desperately want. They do not even have to campaign with an eye for our vote. They have it already, and they know it because we told them so. We start off with a, I want Medicare for all, and we talk about how health care is the single most important issue in the election, and then we include the hashtag, vote blue no matter who. That second part, the hashtag, the vote blue no matter who part, that part completely erases anything before it. If we are willing to vote for anyone with a D next to their name, then why would a party feel even the slightest urge, let alone obligation, to try to win us over with policy? Why would they even deign to listen to us? It's like needing a new car to win an extremely important road race. And you walk into a car dealership with $100,000 and you tell the sales manager, Hey, I have a hundred grand for a car. I want that sweet new twin turbo Porsche, but I am totally willing to give you this 100 grand for any car you want to sell me. And then they roll out a rusty 1972 VW bus. They take your cash They give the van a push start, slap it on the roof, and send you on your way in a cloud of black smoke. And you leave that car lot with a big ol' smile on your face, like, hey, the car started, this is great, I'm in the race. Meanwhile, the dealership is laughing at you. You wanted a Porsche and got a jalopy because you were too scared to demand anything. You were too scared to even bluff. And here's the thing about the primary. We had nothing to lose by fighting. We literally had nothing to lose. What's the worst that could have happened by playing a little hardball? You get a bad candidate? You got Joe fucking Biden. You scream Bernie or bust or Warren or nobody or Booker or bust or whatever. Why is that bad? Your primary day comes around, you can still vote for somebody else. The general election comes and you can still vote for whoever wins. By standing at your ground in fighting, you lose nothing. By abdicating all of your strength, you lose everything. Now, I can't tell you exactly when this hashtag started or by who but I can guarantee it was perpetuated by the Democratic Party once they got wind of it. Are we really to believe that Vote Blue No Matter Who and widespread campaigns telling every candidate and their supporters to not be mean to each other was really a grassroots movement? When we see something like this take off, we need to take a moment and ask us who it serves. In this case, it served literally nobody but the DNC and their favorite moderate, corporatist, centrist candidate. The DNC saw people surrendering their power, their only power, and they manufactured consent by marketing it back to them. And this isn't the fault of rank-and-file voters. I understand the plight. We want Trump out and we grasp at anything that might hasten that exit. It is very hard to have full-time jobs, raise a family, be in relationships, and maybe even have some genuine fun once in a while all while paying close attention to politics and probably even more importantly, the propaganda and gaslighting. I 100% understand that, especially when we are getting nonsense like the stuff peddled by CNN, Fox, and MSNBC dumped into our brains in 10-minute bursts between commercial breaks and it happens 24-7, 365. These media outlets, by the way, are controlled by the exact same corporate scumbags that own both of the political parties outright. We need to consume analyze and react to what is happening in a more critical way. We can't continue to support progressive ideals and then flip to somebody like Biden at the drop of a hat just because he isn't Republican. We certainly cannot volunteer to do that, to flip to a bad candidate, even before the voting has occurred. That sort of thing has got to become obsolete before we destroy ourselves. That last part, the analyzing and being critical of media narratives part, is extremely difficult given the circumstances of our lives and the fact that the more mainstream media outlets, again, Fox News, CNN, The New York Times, and so on, are just as concerned with the maintenance of traditional power as the two political parties are. The really weird thing that this encourages is the phenomena of Warren and Sanders supporters saying vote blue no matter who as well. And they said it a lot infrequently. Like for at least 18 months, it was pretty much every day. Vote blue no matter who, anybody but Trump. Vote blue no matter who, blue blah, blah, blah. on and on until it blends into a cacophony of bullshit that it is. And like I said, they were supporting the most progressive candidates, candidates with some semblance of a shot at this thing. They were supporting candidates who promised actual change, who had actual ideas and plans. They supported candidates who could think and speak and who had done some work to think about, create, fund, and plan for policy platforms. And they threw it all away by chanting Blue No Matter Who instead of working to support the candidate they favored. Week after week of Blue No Matter Who material, and not a single post about how good Warren's plans were. No post about demanding better health care. No post differentiating between candidates. No. Just vote Blue No Matter Who over and over and over again. This is really one of the key points I want to make here. This is not about particular candidates or a particular party. It has to be about policy, progress, and change, not a cult of personality or a reaffirmation of the politics of a corrupt political party. Voters said they wanted Medicare for all, money out of politics, substantive change, a fresh voice. They said they did not want a centrist or a moderate. They did not want another old white man with bad politics. They did not want more of the same. And the Democratic establishment started to hear them. But then they said, vote blue no matter who. And the Democratic Party heard them again. And we got by. The guy who said he would veto Medicare for all is a corporate hack, explicitly promises that nothing will change. He is, at best, a moderate, centrist, old white man with bad politics who would bring in more of the same. And this does not even begin to address whether, whether or not Biden is actually a more just candidate. He refused to back busing, was instrumental in passing the deeply racist and classist Clinton crime bill, pushed for the war on crime, which we call the war in Iraq, and has a very real sexual assault and rape allegation against him. Not to mention all of the creepy hair sniffing and disturbingly uncomfortable shoulder rubs he gave to young girls. And that is only if he were to win the general election, which he won't. I am going to read a quote here from Frederick Douglass. He said it during a speech commemorating the West India Emancipation on August 4, 1857 in New York. Quote, this struggle may be a moral one, or it may be a physical one, and it may be both moral and physical, but it must be a struggle. Power concedes nothing without a demand. It never did, and it never will. Find out just what any people will quietly submit to, and you have found the exact measure of injustice and wrong which will be imposed upon them. And these will continue till they are resisted with either words or blows or with both. The limits of tyrants are prescribed by the endurance of those whom they oppress. End quote. Power concedes nothing without a demand. It never did and it never will. The clarity of that paragraph in those two sentences is truly stunning. The absolute truth Mr. Douglas spoke there is made only more sharp and more clear by the weakness of the Vote Blue No Matter Who astroturf movement. We saw this play out in the last presidential election after Trump descended that ridiculous escalator and declared his candidacy. Now, I'm not sure exactly how many of Trump's earliest supporters actually believed he could win, and I'm not sure how many of those who voted for him in their earliest primaries actually believed it, but the point is that they exerted power and changed the game. Trump voters did not say that they wanted to vote for Trump but would accept any other candidate. There was no red no matter who chant. They stood up and said Trump is our guy, period. That is it. Trump was not a preference. He was the only person that they would vote for. They even showed up at other candidates' campaign events and openly mocked them. And they told them that they were Trump or bust. They made sure that the Republican Party understood that if Trump wasn't the candidate, then they wouldn't have their vote in the general. Was this real? Who knows I tend to think that the, that virtually all of these folks would have voted against Hillary Clinton regardless, but the threat was enough to help change Republican politics for the near future at least. The Republican voters understood their power and used every bit of it. They understood that exerting that power was their only lever and they exerted the hell out of it. flaccid obedience has never and will never engender change. Change requires demands. change requires struggle, political, moral or even physical blue no matter who is not a struggle not a moral struggle not a physical struggle and certainly not a political struggle nor is vote blue no matter who a demand it is an outright surrender and i say this for anyone out there who needs to hear it don't you dare try to shame people for withholding their votes if you promoted this idiotic blue no matter who nonsense don't you dare do that after you were too cowardly to fight a fight that you knew would have been just Personally, I will not judge a voter for refusing to vote for somebody that that they believe to be a rapist. I will not judge a voter for refusing to vote for somebody who does not at all align with their personal wants and needs. A vote not for Biden is not a vote for the other guy. A vote for Green Party candidate Howie Hawkins is just that, a vote for Howie Hawkins, Green Party candidate. And a withheld vote is a vote for absolutely nobody. That's it. It is not our responsibility as voters to blindly support whatever candidate the DNC pushes out onto that debate stage in November. It is not our duty to vote for a shambling corpse with curdled, cool-whip brains dripping out of his ears. It is not our job to fall in line, acquiesce to power, and perpetuate that which is destroying us. The onus here is not on the citizen to willingly vote against their better interest. The onus is on the citizens ourselves to make demands of our parties and force them to bend to our collective wills, not do as they say. The onus is on the Democratic and Republican parties and all those who run under their flags to earn our vote. That is how this thing is supposed to work, if it ever can work. Now, I'm not telling you who to vote for in the general, or even whether to vote. That is on you. You think about that. I understand tactical voting, and I understand having an existential hate of the man in the White House. I get it. But what I am telling you is that vote blue no matter who got you a candidate that I do not believe can beat Trump in the general election. The DNC scrawled the runes and called forth the beast with chants of blue no matter who An out shambled zombie Biden, the more of the same candidate, the guy who was a near carbon copy of the last candidate who ran against Trump and got blown out in the electoral college. The guy who is exactly the same candidate except having a somehow worse record as the woman who lost badly to a racist moron. The guy who represents and embodies literally everything that led us to Trump. Great job, DNC. Way to keep Trump in office. Yes, even after the pandemic and stock market crash and a recession, I do not trust Biden to actually win this thing. That's how uniquely bad I believe his candidacy to be. And if I am wrong and Biden wins... I guess I will be eating a whole lot of crow here. And you know what? I actually sort of hope this shit candidate wins. I guess I'd choke down that meal of crow with a slight grin on my face. He won't make the country any better, but he may harm it a little less. But the point here is not to smash Biden. The point is that we could, we could have done better. We could have had better if we demanded more. We could have had better if Blue No Matter Who had been replaced with do what I want or I won't vote at all. It certainly was never guaranteed that we would have been better off, but the fight was there to be had, and we just walked away from it. As soon as the party raised its flag, Democratic voters just knelt down and swore fealty like scared people usually do. And I swear, I understand why, Trump really is that awful. But I'm not going to pretend that Joe Biden is the best answer when clearly better answers exist either. When it comes to politics and primaries, a little more, fuck you, earn my vote, will go a lot longer than we think. And we could do with a little less, yes, sir, tell me who to vote for, sir. Imagine for a moment what could be accomplished if the entire working class just refused to vote for a single election, or even a small segment of it. I know it sounds crazy, but what if the Democratic Party just got completely wiped out for one election? Leave out Trump for a second here. The Democrats just got wiped out in a national election versus a milk-toast Republican candidate. Imagine that message. Imagine if the Democrats had to actually come out and earn your vote. Imagine if they actually listened. And I already know what some of my more vocal friends who care about this would say. They would say, next election. This is not the time to mess around. The Republicans are the worst. We have to unseat them, and we can make change next election. And maybe they'd throw some, you know, Republicans or Nazis stuff in there. I don't know. But here's the key thing. That next election never comes. Because the next election will just contain another Republican opponent who will be the next embodiment of evil. And they will demand we all vote blue no matter who because this just isn't the time again. It's not the time to assert ourselves. The Republicans can't win. The Republican has to be stopped. All will be lost. Just wait. We will fight for change next election. And on and on it goes. And it's never-ending cycle of them versus us when the reality is them and us are almost identical. We wait for change to come instead of demanding it. We tell the most vulnerable amongst us, next time, which is the same as saying, never. Power never concedes without a fight, and we just put our hands in our pockets and stare at our feet. In other words, we wait, and we scream wait, next year, next election, just wait. Martin Luther King warned the world against white liberal moderate centrists in his letter from Birmingham Jail. He also warned against inaction and waiting. He wrote, in part, quote, Frankly, I have yet to engage in a direct action campaign that was well-timed in the view of those who have not suffered unduly from the disease of segregation. For years now, I have heard the word wait. It rings in the ear of every Negro with piercing familiarity. This wait has almost always meant never. We must come to see, with one of our distinguished jurists, that just as too long delayed is justice denied, end quote. A lot of people take the last line of that quote. Justice too long delayed is justice denied, and they use it out of context. They use it to justify more of the same or to try to justify only very small incremental change. But what they do when they take that sentence by itself is that they leave out the rest of the long letter. And even more explicitly, they leave out all of King's very real radicalism a radicalism which has been intentionally left out of his story by those exact same white moderates that King rails against in his letter. King urged action to make actual change and framed it in his radical belief system, and now his quotes have become so watered down by those white moderates that King distrusted that his words are being used to support the incrementalism he so despised. Yet for the past two years, the vote blue no matter who chant has demanded that we wait. Just wait. Get Trump out, and we can make change next election. Wait, they demand of us. And they ignore that the cry of wait has always meant never.